0: Today, we're going to talk about one of the finest performers to ever lace up a pair of boots. And the finest to put on a sequin blazer. And the finest to strap on a headset microphone. Bobby the Brain Heenan was a pro-wrestling triple threat who could make any opponent look like a million bucks in the ring, hype an upcoming match like nobody else, and turn commentary into a two-hour comedy show. We dive deep into Bobby's career and discover that, thanks to the indelible mark he left all over wrestling's 1980s golden era, the glory days of WrestleMania were basically the Bobby Heenan show. Here, in a match that features Andre the Giant, the Ultimate Warrior, and Shawn Michaels, a doughy little insult comic manages to, as usual, be the star of the show. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Bobby Heenan Brain Power.
1: Uh, go ahead and preemptively apologize to your mom for <laughs> anything that happens or anything I say. So, Deb, I'm sorry
2: if uh, you're wait. listening.
0: Or or all of the horrible things you said last time.
1: Yeah, I or an apology for that, too. <laughs> especially, the, especially the horse thing.
0: <laughs> Three feet of it, I think. Oh, God. Which I think is large even for horse standards.
1: I guess, yeah. I mean, that's it seems pretty... I don't know. I don't. I don't think Vince
0: could take all. that, <laughs> To be perfectly honest. All right, beg your pardon. <laughs> we we have got to, we've got some Vince McMahon stuff to talk about. We've got a ton to talk about. First of all, let me welcome you back to the show. Your presence has been sorely missed. Jinx, you're one of my favorite guests, and <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad because we've been we've been talking about doing this episode for about a year now. I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and um, thank you for having me. This is. Um, one I would definitely want to come back and do. So I'm really excited about this.
0: Yeah, we're, we're here today to talk about the singular, the legendary Bobby the Brain Heenan. The greatest pro wrestling manager of all time, the greatest pro wrestling commentator of all time, and just the most hateful comedy grandpa that any doughy kid watching wrestling could hope for. You know... Last time you were on and we talked about Demolition, maybe the most fun we had was talking about Mr. Fuji, their terrible manager. (laughs) Yes. Who was like voted by Pro Wrestling Illustrated worst manager of the year, five years running or or whatever it was. And at the same time that he was winning those sort of ignoble prizes – Bobby Heenan was the one who was racking up the greatest manager of all
1: time awards. I was actually going to ask you if that was even a real thing. Because with Bobby, you never know what's bullshit. That's just <laughs> part of his whole shtick is this weird like, self-aggrandizement and self-deprecation right. bit about himself and everyone else. So I was going to ask you if, if uh, manager of the year
2: is even a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Wrestling Observer, like... All of these different publications that are real—they're real publications about a fake sport. So figure that okay, out. Okay, and
1: he was—he was winning.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah, he okay. was—he was racking him up, because Bobby Heenan was. Let me just close my window here, because apparently there's a plane that's about to crash into my neighbor's house.
1: Oh. It's uh, always something over there.
0: It's always something. Yeah.
1: Your posters yeah. are falling. and... <laughs> 9/11 is
2: happening
0: again. <laughs> like, it's always it's, neighborhood it's, you live in. It's 9/12, the sequel. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> 9/11. After. 9/11, but fashion. Uh, so, actually, I'm living in a new place now. I wasn't even living at this place the last time we recorded. I'm oh, that's
2: right.
1: An, I hope an, your your posters are secure this time.
0: Yeah, uh, Good. they're all. Let me just. Quick check and make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. No, they're all good. 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 They're all good. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I think I closed the window. I think we're good for extraneous noise. Um, there were some children that were really happy. My upstairs neighbors, they were like singing. What the fuck is that? Mm. It's too, it's too, I mean, it's, it's getting close to Christmas, but it's not close enough to Christmas where you can sing and annoy your neighbors and it's okay. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, that's kids, though. I mean, kids just kind of like... My, my son just kind of shrieks through the house about nothing and You're, everything. Um,
0: your son is a noise elemental.
1: He is. He is, he's, a, he's loud. He's a really loud <laughs> kid <laughs> for no reason.
0: He's just like... He's uh, a vibrating sound signature in a dinosaur <laughs> yes. t-shirt.
1: With a face, yes. With a face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have another question while we're yeah, covering around the subject of uh, manager of the year and, and such. By what observable standard can you say that that Bobby Heenan was a great manager? Obviously, he was really fun to watch, but what what, what separates a Bobby from a uh, Mister Fuji in terms of actually like accomplishment in wrestling?
0: So excellent question, and that is. Uh, that's kind of the crux of the match we're going to watch today. And it has everything to do with the manager's stable, i.e. the guys he manages. So Bobby Heenan had the Heenan family, which was just an absolute murderer's row of wrestling shitheads from the 80s. (laughs) Like, if you look at... we, We talked about Mr. Fuji... Mr. Fuji's stable was Demolition and then the Powers of Pain. And that was it. And like 10 years later, he managed Yokozuna, but that was it. Mr. Fuji did not have a burgeoning talent roster. Meanwhile, Bobby Heenan has Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, the Brainbusters, Busters, Haku,
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, to Mr. Fuji's credit, it's pretty impressive that we remember Mr. Fuji, given that he only managed two (laughs) tag teams and one dude. Yes. That long, whereas, like, Bobby's whole thing was just firing assholes at Hulk Hogan out of a t-shirt (laughs) can.
0: Yes, exactly. So that's what I was going to say. Bobby Heenan is essentially the top villain of WWF in the 80s because Hulk Hogan is the top babyface, uh, allegedly, And he's supposed to be our our hero, and the guy who's standing across the ring from him for the entirety of his run on top is Bobby Heenan. Like the wrestlers challenging him, they come and go, but Bobby Heenan is the general waging this war against Hulk Hogan. Put it to you this way WrestleMania 3, which was at the time the biggest pro wrestling event of all time and still one of the biggest now, like 35 years later, that was main evented by Hulk Hogan versus Andre the giant. And I'm not sure about how the money shook out, but it was not, the main event was not a 50 50 split between the two of those guys. Bobby Heenan got a significant chunk of that because he's the one who built that whole feud. He's the one who filled that building.
1: So he really was this, like, Don King character putting these matches together and actually managing, not just showing up and, you know, being a douchebag. But he was actually, like, wheeling and dealing and making this stuff happen behind the scenes.
0: He's talking him into the building, so to speak. So it's Bobby Heenan who's doing—I mean, Andre the Giant, when he was young and healthy, could barely speak English. So— A 40-plus-year-old, marble-mouthed, probably drunk Andre the Giant who's two years away from dying, and Hulk Hogan on all of the cocaine you could possibly imagine. Bobby Heenan (laughs) is the force that's trying to hold this together and the one who's selling this. Bobby Heenan's the one who's going on the radio to pitch this. Bobby Heenan's the one who's going to be on the local channel to pitch this. He's going to be the one who's doing all the interviews talking about how Hogan's afraid of Andre. Bobby Heenan is shouldering this burden, like Atlas. This entire enterprise. You couldn't do it without him. You would just have Andre mumbling and Hogan shouting, and, you know, it's all building up to, you know, two very large guys having a disappointing match, but Bobby Heenan being there in his white tuxedo encrusted with rhinestones, alongside Andre the Giant, and then You know, riding in the little ring forklift after Andre loses, bawling his eyes out. (laughs) Bobby Heenan is the glue that held together that entire thing. And for WrestleMania three, he didn't just do the main event. He had a bunch of guys on that show. I think he managed Hercules. He managed Haku. He managed, I think, he was out there with King Kong Bundy as well. Like, Bobby Heenan. This came
1: up last time, didn't it? We were talking about uh, Demolition. And the whole, like, card being Bobby. The Bobby show.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. Because Bobby could turn anything into gold. And if you're going to have a big show, you want to have a shit ton of gold. So, Bobby.
1: Where did he emerge from in this? I mean, you know, a lot of these guys are like Midwestern dads that just kind of came into roles together. But where did Bobby come from And and who did is is he events oh. find or did he just kind of like materialize?
0: So you're asking about Bobby Heenan's secret origins?
1: Yeah, just his like brilliance and his ability to do this. How did how did he get to here? How did he get to that that lofty place?
0: So Bobby Heenan had like an a seventh or eighth grade education. He dropped out of school. To help support his mother and grandmother and he got a job working at a local arena in I think either Indianapolis or Chicago somewhere in the Midwest and they had wrestling shows there occasionally and he learned to put together the ring and you know despite the fact that he dropped out of school was a very very smart guy brilliant guy very funny, very witty, and just an incredible verbal talent. So he saw that these guys were getting paid, and he saw that they were getting paid way more than he was to put together the ring. So he made friends with the wrestlers, and he got trained, and he just sort of essentially picked up and joined the circus and was like sending money back home to his mother and grandmother. And he quickly realized that the money wasn't in him wrestling. It was him avoiding wrestling. So he actually was, and we're going to see it today, an incredible wrestler. For his, for his time, way more athletic than you would imagine. But he knew that the money was in people wanting to see him get the shit kicked out of him. So he would do you know, leverage all of his energy toward making people want to see him get beaten up. And then he would actually get into the ring. He would have a match where he completely ate shit for like 20 minutes and he would make whatever guy he had been menacing for six months look like a million bucks. He would pack up and move on to the next territory. And this arc Bobby sort of going to war with uh, a white meat babyface type, making his life miserable, and ultimately getting the shit kicked out of him, made so many promoters so much money that there was a, there were bidding wars over who was going to get Bobby next, and he wound up in the AWA in the 1970s, which was at that point the biggest promotion in the Midwest, and when company started to go national in the 80s and Vince saw what Bobby Heenan was doing he was like yeah I'll take that guy I think I remember actually reading that Vince had wanted Bobby Heenan even earlier than that was aware of him by the late 70s very early 80s but He already had a full stable of managers. He had Captain Lou Albano. He had the Grand Wizard. He had Classy Freddy Blassie.
1: Who the fuck is the Grand Wizard? (laughs) Tell (laughs) me he's not a clan guy. No,
0: No, he's... uh...
1: Is he a Conan guy? (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of this guy. We'll have to do a whole whole other episode on this guy.
0: (laughs) The Grand Wizard was this guy, Ernie Roth. He was just like this little this little Jewish guy who wore a turban and sunglasses.
1: Oh, and he's a wizard.
0: And he's a wizard.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, the uh, WWF had these like very well entrenched managers, and when they finally started retiring, Bobby Heenan wound up taking their place. So the. The crop of managers that was like Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart and Mr. Fuji and guys like that were actually replacing the previous generation, which was Captain Lou and uh, Freddie Blassie and et cetera, et cetera.
1: So Bobby had made the formula work all over the Midwest. So that's why he came in and was like, if I can do this for me, I can do this for any guy you let me pick up.
0: Right. So by the time Bobby makes it to the WWF and by the time he's like on the USA Network or, uh, you know, Saturday night's main event on NBC, he's been honing this act for 20 years. He's been doing this since he's like 16. So he's been doing this since he's 16 to eat. So at this point, he's got it down pat and he's. Just incredible. So yeah, that's the that's the Bobby Heenan story.
1: So that's getting us up to uh, WrestleMania and the point where he's just kind of it, his fingers are in just every pie. Yes. In the WWF.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the most. He's the fucking little finger of WWF.
1: Yes. <laughs> and and Vince is just eating it up. I imagine he's got to be Vince's favorite guy at this point.
0: Oh, he's got to be. He's got to be, because you wouldn't be all over the show if Vince wasn't loving it. And I know that that, uh, Hogan loved working with Heenan, too. Everybody loved working with Bobby Heenan, because ultimately, he didn't make anybody that mattered look bad. Right. You know, he was going to shit all over the people who came to see the show, but (laughs) he was always going to make the wrestlers... Look good Even if he made fun of the wrestlers He ultimately mm-hmm. put them over
1: Well he just made their fans dig in that much more I mean Wrestlemania was a, a Bobby Heenan invention yes, Basically because He's the reason that everybody's screaming for Hulk To get up and screaming for Hulk To flatten this dude And kick the shit out of his guy
0: Right exactly right Because without, without Bobby It's just like faceless muscle you know, I, I guess we can start talking about the homework now in the the one clip that we got of Bobby and Gene Okerlund. I love their relationship, by the way.
1: <laughs> they, they really do great. I love uh, Gene, Gene straight manning Bobby yeah. in just this exhausted and like long suffering
0: way. <laughs> right. Nobody's more professional than Gene Okerlund. Right? Like right. Gene Okerlund by all rights should be interviewing real people somewhere. And he's stuck interviewing cartoons. <laughs> and he comes in and Bobby Heenan immediately launches into this bullshit story about how he got he got a mean letter from Nana Nicolosi of the Nicolosi <laughs> family. <laughs> right. And – Immediately is shitting on her and the whole family and about how he's getting letters from them. (laughs) And he's talking about how none of that matters because actually what he's here to talk about is the $10,000 body slam challenge with Big John Studd and how Rocky Johnson is here to challenge Big John Studd. And all he has to do is slam his guy, and he wins ten thousand dollars. And he goes on to say, "Hey, uh, Rocky Johnson, you're not going to be able to slam Big John Studd. You got a big arm. You got big arms. You got a big chest. You, cannot, you got no brains. You don't know how to wrestle. Some people think you do, but I don't." And immediately, he's telling all the fans that, "Hey, Rocky Johnson can do this." Right. Because Bobby Heenan is the kind of character who, if he if he tells you something, the opposite is true. Yes. He's absolutely never telling you the truth. And when he's doing things like shitting on wrestlers, he's actually using reverse psychology to get you to think, Hey, I think Rocky Johnson's a pretty good wrestler.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you, you really said it best. Uh, he's using reverse psychology. He comes out and he says, um, you know, this, this guy's crap, this guy can't beat my guy, this guy's weak, he, he, you know, he's stupid, and you already hate Bobby, because Bobby's already made, <laughs> already accused you, the viewer, of sitting on rented furniture yes. to watch this show. <laughs> and so you're like, fuck this guy. I like, <laughs> he says, fuck him, I'm going to root for the other guy. So you're already a, a fan by default of the other guy.
0: Right, and... This is so important because a lot of these guys weren't super compelling on their own. Like, if you put Rocky Johnson and Big John Studd in a vacuum, no one could possibly give a shit. (laughs) But here's Bobby Heenan weaving a compelling narrative out of it by making you want to see him eat shit.
1: Right, and he leads with bullshit, like you said. He's never ever telling you the truth, and the way he'll just do this, I love his his little um, trivia fun facts that he throws out <laughs> during, especially during commentation, where he'll just be like, you know, there's like action going on in the ring, and Vince is just trying to to narrate, and Bobby's like you know, I heard Hulk Hogan's mom gave him away in a subway station and he was found by a homeless guy and raised in the Buffalo Wild Wings bathroom. And and Vince is just like, Bobby, like, (laughs) he's out of nowhere.
0: I know. And it's just this blatant flood of misinformation. And that, the ultimate, the ultimate example of this is the the hart family video oh my god right the
1: and, hart family massacre
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he massacres this family like they're like they're fucking settlers who are already weak from dysentery
1: <laughs> this is a wrestling a legacy wrestling family yeah that is universally respected yeah and loved and kind of unprecedentedly together for this event.
0: Yeah, it's like it's it's honestly a super cool thing. It's like, hey, it's the four uh the four Hart brothers, uh, Brett, Owen, Keith, and Bruce, they're wrestling together for the first time, and their parents are here in the front row watching them, and their father's gonna work the corner, and their sisters and wives and kids are out in the uh are out in the audience, and it's Thanksgiving night, and isn't this a cool thing? And Bobby Heenan's like, what's his name, Bruce? That's a stupid name.
1: <laughs> just weaving this tapestry
0: of, yeah. of
1: horrors. <laughs> I know,
0: and it's just like, it's it's constant. It's a minefield. You can't I don't s-
1: remember anything about the match.
0: You can't say anything around Bobby, or he will, fi- you know, you dare not yes and him because he's just ethering this entire family.
1: And the, Vince is just like, just trying to keep going. He's like, it's Bobby, it's Thanksgiving. Bobby's like, oh, his sister's back there. That's what that smell is. <laughs> like, holy shit.
0: I know. I, I think my favorite might be, he, hey, McMahon, the 20 members of the Hart family living together, would you classify that as a ghetto?
1: I have that written down on my page of notes. That specific quote to bring that up because it's so vile.
0: And there's like a, a half a beat, and then Vince McMahon goes, "Bobby Heenan." Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> Bobby.
0: He's got. He's got nothing. You don't want to get too close to Bobby when he's in this mode because he's just spewing atomic fire like Godzilla.
1: And I th- did the hearts lose that match. I don't even remember.
0: No, the hearts, the hearts, the hearts won the match. Okay. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels wound up, uh, leaving.
1: Oh yeah. Somebody left. Okay. That was Shawn. Mike left the ring and Bobby's just like, Oh, well, he's got something else to do. Like just kind of glazing over the actual activity, but then they, they pan in on Brett's mom, his uh-huh. elderly mother, yes. and Who's, Bobby's geez. like, oh, no, they're going to repossess my teeth. And I'm like, Jesus. Like, I mean, did he even care about the Hart family? Like, did, he, did he even have a, a stake in, in any of that? Or
2: was he just?
0: I guarantee you Bobby Heenan had zero feelings, positive or negative, about the Hart family. Yeah, it was, they were just there. They were just, they were just there. 20 of them. Yep, were just 20 there. of them. Hey, hey McMahon! How many children does Helen Hart have? I believe it's twelve. Oh, one of each.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all have different dads. Yes. At one point. He
0: goes, hey. He doesn't specifically say that. He says, he goes. Oh yeah. Hey McMahon, you notice all the hearts? Uh, none of the hearts look alike. I don't want to say anything, but you know. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> there are some that are epic, and there are some that are just pointlessly low. Like he goes. Hey, McMahon, I just heard Stu say I'm hell and I'm damp. What do you think that means? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that, that's really a good point because this, this ties into a theory about insult comedy. Uh huh. Um, see, in the insult comedy is kind of predicated on this theory of, of benign violation. So, like, it's funny when somebody breaks social boundaries. But it's funny, it, it's specifically funny if they do it in a safe environment. It's Don Rickles says something, you know, mean about your haircut. It's funny, because it's not personal, you're in a comedy club, you know he doesn't mean it.
0: Right. It's um, the roast theory.
1: Right. Where Bobby definitely takes a page out of that book, but he also takes it way too far. He goes very specific. <laughs> yes. It's not. It, it's not impersonal. When you're making fun of Bret Hart's sister's smell <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, or his mom's tinctures.
0: Right. Or <laughs> when he says Helen Hart looks so old, her face could hold an eight day rain with all those wrinkles. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like he's fucking Maya Angelou. Like what
1: <laughs> And he just he just rips it out like a machine gun. It's so casual. He did, the way he slips it in. I was watching a clip from him on his own show where he's just like, yeah, you at home the the rented furniture, you, you'll turn back in and we're just going to take a little break and relax. Yeah. And if you weren't really paying attention, you wouldn't catch that. No, it's, it's just... It's so seamless.
0: It's just this casual, rapid-fire abuse of the audience that really... you. <laughs> it rewards you by insulting you. Right. Right. Right? Because most viewers are not going to catch all of these, and these are like Easter eggs of hatred.
1: <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And Bobby is impressive, because not only can he just verbally do this, just rapid fire. I I, I can't remember ever hearing him stutter, or repeat himself, or you know, uh, mess up during a joke. Ever. So he's just perfectly firing these jokes out, but he doesn't even have to do that because I saw him laugh for five minutes straight <laughs> through an entire Jim Duggan match P- because at the beginning, um, as he's coming out to the ring, Vince says, well, I've got, he's, you know, he kind of starts. He's like, well, you know, Jim Duggan's the favorite over at Bellevue and and, and Vince is like trying to bail it out. He's, he's He goes, well, you know, Bobby, I've actually gotten to know him. He's a really, really nice guy. He's a great guy. And he's actually very intelligent, despite. And he never gets to finish that thing. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Bobby breaks up and just laughs for a straight five minutes. The only time he speaks again during that entire match. And this is like a, a match going on. Much like the hearts, Bobby has just completely hijacked it. Yes. <laughs> um... And Vince is trying to just, now on the defensive, just saying nice things about uh, right. Jim Tra- Duggan this whole time, which Tra- is another kind of part of Bobby's brilliance, because he forces whoever the straight man is to kind of hype up the other guy. The
0: the play-by-play guy here is like, no, he actually is really, like, he's doubling yeah. down. He's like, no, he really is very smart, and Bobby's just heaving. Like, yeah, he, goes,
1: <laughs> he was actually a really accomplished uh, wrestler in college, and... And Bobby only breaks his laughing to say college, (laughs) and and just goes right back into it.
2: He's like
0: college,
1: college. Ah!
0: (laughs) He's trying to choke out the word college. It's hysterical,
1: (laughs) and it sounds so genuine and so mean.
0: (laughs) That's the magic. Just on
1: vacation just laugh for five minutes straight. Who else could do that? Who could do that but Bobby? Yep,
0: And he's on national television. He's at work. (laughs)
1: Right. Like, normally that would be like a dead air kind of like, you know, guys at the network doing the like, you know, hand slash across their neck type.
0: Yeah. Like throw up the the technical difficulties
1: placard. (laughs) Go to somebody else. It's just dead air. But no, if it's Bobby, he could just laugh for five minutes straight. At uh, Vince McMahon's assertion that Jim Duggan is actually a pretty smart guy. Yeah, and it's when you get to know him.
0: Yeah, and it's like that's part of the charm of Bobby, right? Is that the the show is in his hands because at any time or the interview is in his hands. It's entirely at the mercy of his professionalism because you see that he has the ability to completely take a segment off the rails to completely destroy you know one of his co-workers Bobby Heenan if he wanted to could just obliterate an entire segment and tank it and (laughs) it's only by his goodwill and his professionalism that he's using his talents for good rather than evil
1: well yeah and that's Another kind of brilliant <laughs> thing about him is, is his knowing exactly when and where and how to do that. Right. Without misfiring. Because he could laugh straight through a kind of throwaway match with Jim Duggan and really <clears throat> elevate that event mm-hmm. by doing so. But then, but then you have the Four the Heart family in what is, on its own face, a really cool, interesting, landmark event. And, and just take it to the floor yeah, and and make it better still.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's the genius of Bobby Heenan. You know, part of, part of the temptation a lot of times is to go for the funniest thing to go for, especially if you're a guy like Bobby Heenan, who's essentially a comedian. Right, he's a comedian who's working in pro wrestling.
1: Oh, absolutely! He's an insult comic. Yeah,
0: he's a he's a pro wrestling show, insult comic. Right, so you go for the big laugh, right? Not Bobby. Bobby is here to do a job, and his job is to make everybody else look good. So Bobby's never afraid to eat shit. He's never afraid to look dumb. You know, we didn't see a lot of him uh, today, but. There's one guy who was like Bobby Heenan's equal in a way that nobody else was, and that's Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon, his uh his legendary commentary partner, always seemed they had like an Abbott and Costello kind of repartee. For sure. With with Gorilla as the as the straight man who would actually abuse Bobby back in ways that nobody else could get away with. Like, Vince McMahon is just like, Bobby, please. Bobby, please, don't you're Bobby. Whereas Gorilla would be like, Will you stop? There's something wrong with you. You're a diseased human being. Right. <laughs> and, and, and Bobby's just like, He's like, I'm just calling it like I see it. And that's. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible that he has so many different dynamics with so many different people.
1: <laughs> so I heard him during that um, heart match. Uh, I I don't remember who their their guest commentator was.
0: It's Ray Combs from Family Feud.
1: Oh. (laughs) At one point he says, um, you know, I'd I'd be careful, Bobby. It wouldn't take anything for one of those, uh, you know, heart boys to come over here and and take you out. And Bobby's like, just seamlessly, he goes, well, they can take me anywhere if they got a nice car.
2: Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) like Just
0: like that. I know, completely shifting gears and just like completely blows past that joke. And speaking of which, one of my favorite Moments from that match, it's not even something that's funny on purpose, but it's where, uh, there's some sort of kerfuffle happening between the Hart brothers and Shawn Michaels is sort of collapsed in the corner, uh, exhausted. And Bobby goes, Sean, and he throws him a bottle of water to drink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, uh, Ray Combs goes, you can't really throw him water, Bobby. And Bobby goes, I didn't throw it. Someone from behind me threw it. But then Ray Combs says one of the funniest lines. He says, but Bobby, the water gives him strength. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, like Shawn Michaels is going to pop up out of the <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> after a hurled water bottle. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lukewarm bottled water that's fifty percent backwash he's like,
1: I would I would give anything to see the looks that they exchange when Ray said
2: that.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Water gives him strength, Bobby <laughs> He's a grass type. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So Bobby Heenan is absolutely incredible. And, you know, we talked about sort of, he would never say somebody was bad. He would point out weaknesses in them. Like, he would talk about how the ultimate warrior was an incredible physical specimen, but was crazy. That's an observable trait. Right. He would talk about how Hulk Hogan was very successful, but was actually a scumbag. And nobody talked about it, which also turned out to be true.
1: Yeah, it sure did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's, that's the magic of Bobby Heenan, is that his, his calls provided texture. But he's doing genuine color commentary, right? He's not just being argumentative for argument's sake. He's not just, uh, barring the few wonderful occasions when he's decided that he's going to, just going to ether the entire match. With comedy, he's doing this to give texture to the characters that the performers themselves might not be able to provide, and that's really uh, that's really amazing.
1: And by doing it as a heel, is just brilliant.
0: Yeah, the be- way that he because he's not only giving this texture and pointing out observable traits of the characters he's also inviting you to overlook those shortcomings because he's pointing them out. Right. It's incredible. It's his multi-layered strategy to create stars. Amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I hated him when I was a kid. (laughs) And he, you know, I heard all the shit talking he did about all these guys. I watched his entire run opposite uh, Hogan as a little Hulkamaniac, you know, I was the demographic, and there was nothing he could have said that wouldn't have made me dig in even harder.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh, he was a cheater. He was a liar, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and these were, like, just <laughs> on their face. Right. Like, he would do them as though he just didn't even care if you saw. Like, And then he would just gaslight anybody who said anything about it.
0: Yeah, like, someone from behind oh, me man, threw it. I saw it. you
1: throw the chair in the ring. No, I didn't. It it's, slipped.
0: <laughs> somebody from behind me threw it.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like that when I got here. It really was.
1: Yeah. And he was just so transparently that guy.
0: Yeah, and and we, we didn't even uh, talk about these clips. But a, a couple of months ago, we we had this wonderful day of like sharing Bobby Heenan gifts. Where he's doing things like stealing Coco Beware's parrot for no ostensible reason. <laughs> <laughs> Just. His, his villainy could be. could be elevated and nuanced and intellectual, or it could be the basest shit. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Fuji only had pocket sand. Right. Bobby's a parrot
0: thief. He's <laughs> a parrot thief
1: or, or do you remember the a time? mastermind.
0: Do you remember the time he kidnapped the British Bulldogs bulldog? Oh God. <laughs> he kidnapped the British Bulldogs bulldog and then he showed up with one of those invisible dog, like gag props <laughs> and claimed that he had turned the dog invisible. <laughs> Like you're forty. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> I don't even come up with that
0: before before we move on to the before we move on to the to the match at hand today, I do want to point out the hardest I've ever laughed at Bobby Heenan. and I've never seen it in a in a, a best of clip retrospective or anything like that. but it was that that clip that I found like a month ago where it was just a throwaway episode of primetime wrestling. And they showed this 14 year old kid with a mullet in the front row. And he's just like zoning out, looking off into the middle distance and like gumming a honky tonk man, ice cream bar. (laughs) And he's in the front row, just like not even paying attention to the fact that he's staring right at the hard cam and just like, you know, puberty is hitting him as he's eating this ice cream bar. And They go back to the studio, and Bobby goes, you see the kid eating the ice cream? And Gorilla Monsoon goes, yeah, the uh, WWF ice cream bars are uh, available in stores everywhere right now. And Bobby Heenan just off the cuff goes, it's a good-looking haircut if you're going to the chair. (laughs) And the other one like that is the first the first clip I sent you where he's he asks the Reverend Slick if he's performed a lot of funerals. And he goes, right. Yes, many. And he goes, How hard is it to get their fillings out?
1: <laughs> the gold fillings, yeah. How yeah. hard is <laughs> to get their gold fillings out. And everybody at the table just like boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. 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 So Today, we're here to watch a match. It's got Bobby in it. It's also got a bunch of other guys in it. It's a Survivor Series match. So much like the, the, the match we saw with the Hart family, this is Bobby and a bunch of his guys against the Ultimate Warrior and a bunch of his friends in an elimination match. So we've talked about Bobby. Um, we've also talked a ton about Arn Anderson. He's in it. He's on Bobby's team. We've got Haku, who we've talked about—probably uh, not on the air, but <laughs> off air—we've talked about how Haku is this legendary pro wrestling killing machine. Oh right, yes. And Andre the Giant, and I think that's it for Bobby's team. Yeah, so it's it's Bobby, it's Arn Anderson, it's Haku and it is Andre the Giant who are like some of his heavy hitters yeah and it's against the Ultimate Warrior the Rockers Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and uh, Jim Neidhart who's sort of like the ugly friend who got invited along to this otherwise (laughs) all-star cast
1: (laughs) (laughs) well Jim's here (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, right. We got we got to bring another dumpy dad so Arn has somebody to play with. <laughs> but that's a uh, but that's uh, that's the the array of talent in this match. Do you do you have any special memories of any of these guys?
1: Um, not uh, special memories. I the Rockers. I I definitely remember um, Andre, of course. Arn, I was more peripherally. Aware of uh, around that time, sure. And of course, the the Ultimate Warrior was in that pantheon of berserk white maniacs that uh, <laughs> I was so entranced by as a child. So I definitely would have been on Team Warrior for this one.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, these guys are like exactly the kinds of guys you would expect Bobby Heenan to absolutely ether because you've got the Ultimate Warrior who is maybe the easiest person to make fun of in the world. <laughs> yeah. You've got the, uh, you've got the, the rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Gennetti, who are like tiger beat kind of like pretty boy characters. Yeah, just like glam rock. Right. Um, tag team. Right. And then Jim Neidhart, who's like the, the only guy wants, <laughs> well, Jim Neidhart is, you uh, you know, worse than any of that he's a member of the hart family by marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Bobby must have been excited about that. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't come up actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. You could you can you can imagine Bobby saying the judge said, "Do you take this woman?" and he said, "Yes." <laughs> so I think it's I think it's a it's quite a quite a fun match. We've got a whole bunch of different uh, different personalities in play. Do you remember the rules of the Survivor Series match?
1: Um I don't off the top of my head.
0: Okay, so the idea is it's elimination style. So okay. the members are gonna start getting winnowed off. Right. And you could conceivably have a situation where it's like four on one if you do badly enough. Okay. We've got Bobby who's promised that. He's going to step in because he knows that his guys are so good that he, as a manager, will be sufficient to take out these four guys.
1: So, so Bobby's in the ring.
0: Bobby's in the ring on this one. Oh. All right. So you... You've you're immediately sensing that this might be one of the situations the 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 circumstances where Bobby winds up eating shit.
1: Yeah, one of the the last probably ones before his retirement, I would imagine, <laughs> as a manager.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's really th- this is the the exact sort of thing where Bobby is talking about how good he is and how smart he is and how tough he right. is, and it's like, yeah, but you can't think this is a good idea, right? Like you, right? Had, I
2: mean.
1: Well, okay, so you have like Vince McMahon who is almost always in a suit, right? But then he, you know, comes out of his suit for the to for a match or, you know, something happens and he's like grotesquely muscular grandfather.
0: Yeah, he looks like a he looks like a big muscular testicle.
1: Yes. And you're just like, "Oh god, okay." <laughs> but but you can see it.
0: Right, he looks um, like he looks like a, a Todd McFarlane drawing.
1: Yes. Just like, Whereas, all, like
0: all veins
1: Bobby gets into a little caveman singlet and he just has this like soft grandmotherly countenance with his little wisp of blonde hair and his little kind of formless arms.
0: Right. He's got a body like a Flintstones character.
1: <laughs> he does. And you're just like, what are you, what could you possibly know about wrestling that's going to make you survive against somebody like the ultimate warrior? Right.
0: So you've got so you got to think that Bobby is so confident in his team that he's got one of the all-time great tag team wrestlers in Arn Anderson. He's got a legitimate freak of nature in Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. He's got a killing machine in Haku. Like
1: who's probably qualified to be a bodyguard if we're being honest. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, but then you've got Bobby who's so confident in his team that he's like yeah, I'll join them. Yeah. And it's not like the other team also has, like, a manager out there. It's not like the other team is the Ultimate Warrior and the Rockers and, like, Slick.
1: No, it's a bunch of career wrestlers and Bobby. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hubris of Bobby Heenan.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the passion of Bobby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the passion of
1: the Bobby.
0: So do you, have any, do you have any predictions about this match, about how this is going to shake out?
1: Well, based on what we've discussed so far, I don't have a specific remem- memory of this match. It might come back to me um, as we're watching it, because it's right around my kind of prime time as a fan.
0: Yeah, this is like 1989.
1: Yeah, so I, I almost certainly saw this match at some point. I just don't happen to remember it. But um, based on what we've discussed, I'm going to guess that Bobby gets in there and gets – there. it's probably going to start out a little strong for his team, His his – Goons are gonna get in there and just kind of kick some ass, and then Bobby is going to get systematically murdered <laughs> for maybe seven minutes or so, <laughs> to the delight of all.
0: To to you know the delight of ten thousand screaming tweens.
1: I yeah. The money shot I'm going to be looking for is Bobby, face full of genuine terror, crawling.
2: <laughs> on his belly for help (laughs) that's just out of reach as he is dragged inexorably into the maw
1: of justice (laughs) that is a very specific shot that i am i have in my mind's eye (laughs) so we'll see if that materializes
0: oh boy i'm so excited I'm so excited. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, we had a lot of fun last time with Mr. Fuji uh sort of wrestling. We've got had a lot of uh, a lot of management experience uh during uh during our episodes, but I I'm I'm comfortable saying that we're probably going to enjoy this too. If only because Bobby Heenan is 10 times better than Mr. Fuji at just about everything. Yes. And 10 times better than like You'll see Bobby in there, and he, he does some moves. Being like a doughy 45 year old is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right,
1: so. sit on your rented furniture. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Did you humanoids have chops?
0: Yeah, we didn't even talk about the humanoids. Oh, and we didn't, we didn't talk about Bobby Heenan hiring that dude just to say, I didn't hire you to make fun of you, and then just. <laughs>
1: Spending his entire intro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Look, I don't touch me. <laughs> you, I told you, you're not allowed to touch me. The health. The, he says the uh, the health department won't allow him to touch. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he points to the guy's socks and he goes, you "Got your white socks on," which is such a specific but humiliating right. thing to have pointed
1: out. Right. They're the only ones you have, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nice guy I might need something Picked up off the floor I I might need coffee I might need something
0: (laughs) Fuck that's so I love that shit
1: It was You know what It was a legitimately Neat Show Format For Bobby Like the just The cheapness And Kind of pizzazz of it it really... He had a little something there. Like, he could have... He could have done Late Night, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. People...
1: He could have had... Uh, I don't know. Like, Jim Brewer on to talk about his new movie and just made fun of his ass for, you know, four and a half minutes. Like, he could have done that <laughs> in any venue or format.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he had... Uh... They they kind of did that. Uh, you know, Primetime Wrestling... For the first two seasons, was like a regular studio wrestling show, and eventually they're like, "What if it was a Bobby Heenan comedy show?" (laughs) And they they were doing whole episodes in the studio with Bobby Heenan and or like Lord Alfred Hayes as his sidekick, or like doing skits like uh, (laughs) going to eat soul food with Gorilla Monsoon or (laughs) fucking golf lessons or whatever it was. Like we went to an old west village. Where Bobby Heenan got blown up with dynamite?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, I think he totally could have carried a late-night, high-value production show. Oh, for sure. By that point in his career, for, for sure.
0: Yeah, if... Uh, if fucking Jimmy Fallon can do it, Bobby oh, yeah. Heenan could do it with his eyes closed. Right. <laughs> All right, so today we are watching... From the Survivor Series, 1989. It's officially Team Warrior versus Team Andre, but of course it's the Bobby Heenan show as it always is. But we're going to press play in three, two, one, and go.
1: Okay, so right out of the gate. This is more people than I've ever seen in one place. I, can't, I still can't believe how many people would pack out for these.
0: I know. I was at fucking uh, WrestleMania this year, and it was an entire stadium full of people. Oh, it's Howard Finkel, everyone's <laughs> favorite ring announcer, Howard Finkel. <laughs>
1: oh, Andre.
0: Yeah, here's, uh, here's Andre, team captain. Look at this fun squad! <laughs> Arn Anderson looking about as good as you've ever seen him.
1: Yes, and this this jacket is um, by iconic picture of Bobby. He's a little bedazzled BH. Yep, blazer.
0: Yep, look and it like a, a Hollywood Walk of Fame motif. Yes i love that bobby is wearing like a matching singlet with andre it's very sweet
1: so here comes jim jim is uh who is his partner brett 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 hart yeah the Hart foundation was that correct and brett okay Here come the Rockers! (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) I'm sure you fucking. You were all about the Rockers at at this point. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, and we're off. All right, here's Andre, like a big toddler.
0: Yeah, and (laughs) here's. The Rockers, for some reason, are being real assholes and attacking Arn and Haku for no reason. (laughs) Yeah! And here's Bobby getting the shit kicked out of him by Jim Neidhart.
1: Oh, God, here's a good reminder of just the sheer size of Andre.
0: Yeah. Jim Neidhart is like 300 pounds, and Andre is just
1: fucking... He looks like a child.
0: Yeah, and you just get the pre- the idea mm-hmm. that, oh, Andre could absolutely kill this guy at any where, minute, at any where reason. Where the hell
1: was Team Captain Ultimate Warrior for the whole intro? <laughs> what was I, he doing back there?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what anyone was thinking with any of this. I don't know why the Rockers attacked... Anybody, I don't know why the warrior was still in the shower. I don't know what the fuck, but now Andre's Andre's tumbled out. (laughs) Andre has tumbled to the floor very slowly and has died.
1: (laughs) He's out,
0: yep. And uh, we're counting him out because there's a 10 count, and Andre has been counted
1: out.
0: We're down and Andre, and I love it. Look how fucking pissed Arn is.
1: Oh, that's not going... Oh, well, yeah, because Arn kind of has to carry this whole thing
0: now. Yes. But, you know, as we remember from his relationship with Ric Flair, Arn is 100% used to, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of other people's messes.
1: <laughs> the working man.
0: The working man. And uh, if you can explain the physics of what just happened with those ropes, I will give you a million dollars.
1: Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> if you tug on it, a man flies over <laughs> Right. And here's... That's how a Y-axis works,
0: apparently. And here's Arn just making these guys look like a million bucks. Yep. Just, like, bumping around like a pinball.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Arn Anderson versus Jim Neidhart, a main event at any barbecue in America.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that Arn isn't afraid to just have a dinner plate-sized bald spot.
0: It's a, yeah it's a,
1: on as, national television and just let it kind of let it be.
0: Yep. As we said uh, as we said in in a previous episode, it's not a bald spot, it's a solar panel for a wrestling machine.
1: <laughs> what's Oh god, what's going on with Andre? Andre's <laughs> freaking out here.
0: Andre apparently has regained consciousness and is being told that he just
1: shrieking in <laughs> some cursed
0: tongue. Yep. <laughs> in in deep speech.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you tell me to do. I I wake up on the floor. <laughs> Children are just <laughs> aging and dying in the next
0: to <laughs> So we got Haku here with his, uh, his, his quote unquote martial arts chops.
1: Right. And Haku... Haku is, like, a trained assassin, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a legit bodyguard for the king of uh, Tonga.
1: So he is probably putting more energy into not killing these guys. (laughs) What is Bobby doing? What is this little chicken-armed thing? I can't even begin to imagine? Was he tugging on his beard like a little, like a goat? What was
0: that? <laughs> I, I genuinely hope that's what he was that, doing.
1: That seems really likely, actually.
0: Oh, oh the Mongolian chop from uh, from Haku. I love oh, that yeah. move where he puts both of his hands up in the air and then lightly chops your shoulders. Yes. That's how they do it like in Mongolia. They do it in,
1: uh, Mongolia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. yep.
1: And the most disposable guy is out on their team.
0: Yep, uh, Jim took a, a kick to the back of the head and is dead. Yep. So we we've evened up now. It's three on three, except uh, one of the guys on Bobby's team is Bobby Heenan. So here we go. A young a young Shawn Michaels, full of piss and vinegar, charges and Warriors into. warrior is just
1: stalking the outside like a tiger. Right. And just. It's full of Coke and Jesus
0: or whatever the hell <laughs> he's on. It it causes the Ultimate Warrior physical pain to stand still, I guarantee yes. you.
1: Like my son. <laughs> he has big warrior energy,
0: I actually. I yeah. know that I think about it. Well the the warrior it could also be described as a as a noise elemental, I think.
1: Yes.
0: A noise and paint, just
1: Yes. They have a lot in common.
0: Yep. Uh, here we got quick tags from the Rockers. They're uh
1: there are so many mullets and <laughs> going on right
0: now. I know <laughs> mullets and tassels. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: lot of flair going
0: on. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yep, and we got. Uh, they're really doing a sort of Arn Anderson type of uh, a little bit flashier, but sort of Arn style tag work here. Quick tags, keeping him isolated, oh, yeah. working the arm. Yep. So the rockers are really. Uh,
1: Who's calling this? I hear uh, Jesse in the background. Jesse Ventura and uh, Gorilla.
0: And probably yes, if we've got uh, we got whoa oh oh we we almost had a almost had a pin there. But yeah, if Bobby's in the ring, it would be uh, almost certainly uh, Jesse the Body. Aren't back in the ring hustles toward the ropes. Marginetti drops down. Oh!
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say Jesse is uh, probably my second favorite commentator after... Uh, after Bobby? After Bobby, yeah.
0: Yeah, He's he's got a lot of similar... No! He's got a lot of very similar energy. Oh, yeah, we well, get the... Uh,
1: double kick oh. from the Rockers.
0: We got the, the double super kick, and uh, Haku really sold that pretty well.
1: Is this going to come down to just Bobby in a <laughs> second? Like, I feel like that's imminent. <laughs> that,
0: would be, that would be the satisfying thing, right? Yeah. To have Bobby alone in the ring against all these dudes? Because that's the kind of thing kids would like, right? Well, hey,
1: it's let, the worst let, case scenario, and, and where Bobby is concerned, you kind of really... It's like you said, if you do really badly, that's the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah, and, and with Bobby, that's exactly what people want to have. Yeah,
0: they're like, "Hey, we want this forty-five-year-old guy to just get beaten." Look at that!
1: Bobby doesn't even have separate butt cheeks. <laughs> he just has a carapace like a beetle. Look
0: at this! He's like a frog he's standing, standing built on two to order legs.
1: A fucking wedgie! Did he stick his hand down his? Truck? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he he grabbed a handful of Ultimate Warrior ass to keep him in the corner.
1: (laughs) Ass pubes. (laughs) Yank out a handful.
0: (laughs) Just full of Aquanet. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is so interesting because you've got the Rockers and you've got Arn Anderson, who are all tag team specialists and are all very experienced in a very specific type of match. And Haku, who is also uh, quite an accomplished tag team wrestler, but then you have the Warrior, who's just like coming in and rampaging from time to time. Well,
1: yeah, and uh, and you you had uh, Andre, Andre too. Yeah, so, so it was kind of a good opposite to uh, Warrior here,
0: right? But that was kind of he's the obvious counter to the Warrior to the you right. know down to it being Team Warrior versus Team Andre, right? But, you know, he's gone. So the teams are, like, imbalanced in a very strange way. But yeah. I think I think Arn and Haku are actually gelling pretty well as a, as a makeshift tag team here.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I've actually seen some really good uh, kind of technical moves while we've been watching here. And here comes Bobby. <laughs> That's oh, and he's back out. <laughs> That's
0: exactly what I expected from Bobby. That's right. We, Bobby Heenan tags in. Kicks Marty Janetti once, gets punched, and tags Arnon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh,
1: yeah, Arden, and, and Haku are really
0: selling this pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, they're both uh, they're both professionals, you know. And uh, oh, one of my favorite Arn Anderson moves: the knee through the ropes. and oh, I, yeah, yeah. That's it oh, for here Marty comes Bobby with a little dance. Was that stomp? Was that it for Marty? No, Marty's not down yet, but yeah, here goes Bobby. with him.
1: Bobby pinned him. great. Look at that. He's like, get, get in there, get in there, get in there. Yep. <laughs> Such a fresh, not-dead guy. <laughs>
0: yep. Ta- Tags Arn back in.
1: So who's in? We got uh, Marty and Warrior? Or no. Uh...
0: So Marty's been eliminated. Warrior very yeah. gently shoving him to the floor. Thanks for that. <laughs> The Ultimate Warrior in this outfit kind of reminds me of, you know, at Dunkin' Donuts when they have the vanilla frosted donut with the sprinkles on it?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Big cupcake energy. Yeah. (laughs) And Arn just ineffectually telling the warrior to calm down. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Cut it out. (laughs) Here comes the really tight hug.
0: (laughs) One of the three moves in the warrior's playbook. I go! Yep. And... Arn and Pretending his makeup is still intact. Yep. Arn doing the Lord's work here pretending that the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior is an athlete. Yes. Haku back in. Getting oh, a hug. Yep. Also Oh. Ha- oh. Haku even yep. doing even more of the Lord's work pretending that he couldn't rip the Ultimate Warrior's jaw off right now.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, two free hands in a hug. Yeah. Solid dropkick there. Not enough. Bobby's looking fidgety.
0: Yeah, this is. Uh, oh yeah, beautiful dropkick, and this is kind of. Uh, <clears throat> you you kind of see, start to see here, uh, flashes of Shawn Michaels eventually becoming a pretty big deal. Sure. And that's uh, a weird undersell. Shawn Michaels is like one of the most accomplished wrestlers of all time. <laughs> but. It's it's weird to see Sean in uh, in this phase of his career where he's just like this, uh, like friendly teeny bopper. Yeah. Because you know, knowing that he would later go on to be this incredible, like, male stripper, coked up asshole, king shit of the, <laughs> the '90s. Right. <laughs> and this is like seeing his freshman high school photo. <laughs>
1: Oh, really! Solid backflip off the rope. That was that was great.
0: Yeah, this and now is now he's
1: just just mopping with Arn's face.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Was Arn yeah.
1: Trying to tag the uh, warrior there. <laughs> a little disoriented.
0: Yeah, this is why uh, uh, Arn is such a good fit with with Bobby because Arn is also a guy who was so good at making other people look good and was never afraid to look foolish himself.
1: Yeah, like here, he's just begging the warrior, not to do what the warrior does.
0: Right. I I love that. Where he was like, "Please wrestle me." Yes. <laughs> please don't do the thing you normally do. Where he's
1: like, "Calm down, legendary maniac, <laughs> You're <right>. ultimate warrior." <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Please, let's let's calmly exchange holds. Tone, tone it down. <laughs> yeah. I need you to I need you to take it down about three notches. Oh, so, Arn's
1: still in there.
0: Yeah, Arn's still in there, and Shawn Michaels getting thrown off the top rope with a body press, and yeah, Arn does escape.
1: Arn and uh, Haku are starting to look pretty tired, though. Yeah. I'm getting a little worried for Bobby.
0: Hey, you know, if if uh, if the warrior looks like uh, a donut, Shawn Michaels looks like the opening credits to Saved by the Bell. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. <laughs> Oh man, a great just flying press and out of the way.
0: Yeah, you would Haku not Haku
1: is I mean Oh man. So Haku and Arn are both really strong and I think this is this match really, like you mentioned earlier, kind of shows them gelling very, very well and professionally. Yeah. In what is basically a shit show at this point.
0: Yeah, this is
1: like because Andre is just out, right out of the gate. Bobby is just here to get manhandled late in the game. Right. And the, which really just leaves Haku and Arn to carry this whole thing. Yes. For uh, Team Andre.
0: <laughs> Bobby cowering.
1: Bobby, what are you doing? <laughs> Bobby's going to the... He's not...
0: Oh, yeah, Bobby climbing up to the top. Bobby, you're not going to do it. Uh, Oh, God. Bobby intimating that he's going to leap from the top rope to the floor to Shawn Michaels, but then thinks better of it and very slowly climbs down. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh,
1: Arn's working too hard. That's got to be it. Nope.
0: Wow. Oh, I love that. The the spot where where (laughs) Arn freaks out, reaching for the ropes.
1: Get back in there Gently turning Arn around To the Garnage
0: Arn is getting so pissed that Bobby is not That Bobby Uh, is not Tagging in
1: Yeah
0: And he's like now Tag me
1: I really kind of wish I didn't have to see Bobby's tit Through this whole
0: thing (laughs) Bobby hits three punches Two kicks And now immediately tags Arn again And cowers Yep Poor Arn. Once again, what
1: is that loose thing in the ring?
0: <laughs> oh, they've
1: somebody lost a chunk of something.
0: Oh, it might be gum. <laughs> There's a lot of mullets in there. You you're gonna want to watch True. out for that because. Ah. Oh. oh, it's one of you know what it is. It's probably one of the warriors sprinkles.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was kind of sprinkle shaped. So. Oh god, is this going to come down? Okay.
0: So we got we've got Arn and uh, and and Sean trading uh, trading blows here. But
1: they both look exhausted.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Warrior and Bobby uh, and Bobby have essentially spent the same amount of time in the match. Yes. <laughs> Which is to say almost none. They've right. tagged in to do two punches and then leave. So you've got Arn and Sean as the sort of workhorses. And Whoever sort of comes out on top here. Oh, yeah, the monkey flip in the corner gets reversed. Yeah. Off the Arn ropes, Arn just, drops low,
1: hits yeah, with that okay.
0: beautiful spine buster.
1: So now we've got an exhausted, mostly dead Arn <laughs> and a daisy-fresh Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yes. Who's doing the little... uh
0: Yep, he's shaking the ropes. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. This is not a fair fight to begin with, because the no. Ultimate Warrior doesn't know how to wrestle. So, right. <laughs> so he's just going to run at, at Arn repeatedly as Arn falls down. This is... <laughs> it doesn't matter how going up
1: again.
0: Yep. Arn, to his credit, managed to dump Warrior to the outside, and here's Bobby, apparently <laughs> intending to do a Randy Savage-style flying... Axe handle to the floor.
1: <laughs> that would just kill a normal human being <laughs> like Bobby.
0: Yeah. He, he backs down again, and here's one of my favorite Iron moves, which is raking somebody in the eyes with the laces of his boots. Oh, yeah. Great cheap shot. The warrior gets tossed in.
1: Bobby really cannot feel good here. <laughs> oh, and the warrior's up. And he's between... He was between Arn and Bobby, but Bobby made that tag. Yep. And...
0: Arn is still doing his level best... ...to wrestle, at this point, 99% of this match.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks exhausted. He's super sweaty. (laughs) He's just been beaten by... Everybody in this match so far, and he's still kicking.
0: Oh, except he's not. <laughs> <laughs> the warrior has decided that he would like to win the match, so <laughs> it's. Uh... Oh no! Wait, it's not. It's not quite over yet. I thought. I thought when the warrior uh, had had grabbed him by the neck that it was over. But yeah. But no. Yeah, well,
1: usually it is. That's usually when warriors kind of.
0: Yeah, warrior. Oh. Is one of these guys <laughs> who just decides it's time to end the match. Yep. Yeah, but here's Bobby grabbing. Oh. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, he's rocketed Arn into Bobby. Arn's going up.
0: Yep, for that gorilla yep. press.
1: Yep, and the splash, and there's there that's Arn.
0: <laughs> Arn put up a valiant oh, effort. Oh, the
1: glove in the. Just got thrown into the ring. Yeah, what, uh,
0: one of those big fucking uh, snow-like ski gloves.
1: Like Midwestern snow gloves.
0: <laughs> right, that your mom gives you, and you're like, Mom, I can't yep. make snowballs with these.
1: Why well, don't see Bobby getting back in that ring on <laughs> purpose?
0: Yeah, because Bobby could also leave the match and lose by countout without being savagely beaten.
1: Which honestly seems like the move.
0: Yeah, you're going to lose anyway. Why don't you lose without getting hurt? And here's the warrior fucking stalking him like a velociraptor.
1: Yeah. Bobby's yelling at uh, Arn, telling him to get back.
0: Yeah, Bobby, I guess, didn't realize that Arn had lost because he'd been knocked off the apron.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's, <laughs> there's <a look. laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sort of slack jaw
1: and jesse is doing bobby's job sh- oh my god wow flipping bobby right into the turnbuckle yeah this is a, this and is what Jesse's I'm, shaming the audience for enjoying it
0: <laughs> this is what i'm talking about bobby is he's he's really going for it here oh sure you wouldn't
1: it's, ex- it's his t- it's time
0: yeah, given that he looks like an Anjou Pear, you wouldn't expect him to
1: flip like that. Well, no, and that was a dangerous move that he just, he got thrown over the top rope and, you know, <laughs> easily could have crashed into those stairs or anything, and he's walking away.
0: Yep, he's, he's walking away, but of course, uh, there's nobody, there's no worse person in the world than uh, a WWF babyface, because he's not going to let Bobby... <laughs> Not gonna let Bobby get away with this. No. Oh, no. Take your beating, old man.
1: Yep, this is why everybody's here. Oh, boy. Oh,
0: he's jogging in place.
1: (laughs) Gonna give him the splash. (laughs) Yep. No way. (laughs) Bobby didn't 1v1 the ultimate warrior. I wonder who lost money on this.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just thought Bobby had to. Bobby was due, you know. <laughs> Bobby exiting the ring with tears in his eyes.
1: Yeah. Takes the I time just to. Didn't, to just s- didn't go as planned.
0: No, no. Nope. And uh, Bobby, of course, take oh. yep takes the time to, to face plant on the way out. <laughs> yeah, Warrior sprints out and shoves Bobby to the floor like an asshole. That was, that was so
1: shitty. Just, good god. So that was Bobby. Getting yep. what Bobby is here to do.
0: Yep, I I gotta Re- say reaping the whirlwind. I gotta say I love that Bobby, despite the fact that he wrestled like once every ten years at this point, still uh, had paid for the monogrammed BH wrestling boots. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find a pear shaped singlet? <laughs> He looked like he was poured into that thing.
0: I know! (laughs) I can't... He looked like a penguin. (laughs) Just like that exact body shape. (laughs) All smooth ovals.
1: (laughs) Like a sexy potato.
0: (laughs) But not a sexy potato like Demolition.
1: (laughs) You know what, though? They really do have kind of a similar build when you get down to it
0: oh yeah yeah just uh I don't think
1: formless ass with no crack (laughs) (laughs)
0: like a frog standing up yeah (laughs) but Bobby doesn't look like he likes kiss so no what what music do you think Bobby Heenan listened to in the 80s oh
1: shit you know it's hard to imagine him liking anything right (laughs) yeah what what could he like?
0: It's so hard to imagine Bobby Heenan not doing you know doing something that's not actively like you can imagine him like going to dinner and just being impossible with the waitstaff.
1: I know it's hard to imagine him turning it off.
0: Yeah, it's hard and it's hard to imagine him just enjoying anything. In yeah, his, in his downtime, like
1: like going out to to dinner, you know, he gets the waiter brings him a steak and potatoes and Bobby just looks up at him and is like, your dick's inside out and your face is all backwards. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course he's got, he's got a pocket full of flies so he can put a fly in the soup and get the soup for free.
1: Of yeah, naturally. And you know, Bobby is married. Yeah. And has, has a daughter. Yeah. That's really hard to imagine. Right. <laughs> Roasting his wife. <laughs> during like can you imagine him being at the birth during. of a child like Jessica Heenan like, comes out into the doctor's waiting arms and Bobby just looks down at his sweet wife and like I hope you kept the receipt like, <laughs> 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 in a bedazzled blazer <laughs> The hospital smoking a cigar in
0: the delivery room. Like wearing bedazzled rubber gloves. (laughs) He's the he's the kind of guy you picture him like. I all I can do is picture him picturing him like going back to his hotel room and reading the obituaries.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really on brand.
0: Bobby's the kind of guy who's going through the papers, reading the obituaries, like uh, trying to get a deal at an estate sale.
1: What do you think? I want your grandpa's junk? You ought to be paying me to haul this <laughs> stuff out of here. I'll give you a dollar for the whole thing.
2: Exactly right.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: Yeah, what was this guy like at home? That's just. <laughs> it's so hard to imagine.
0: Right, because I mean the the version of Bobby Heenan, like that's the real guy, you know, with the with the wife and kids sending money home to his uh, to his sick mother. Like that's the real that's the real guy. But the character Bobby Heenan couldn't possibly have been married, right?
1: Right. Like it, when you're so on, it's hard you you can't picture them being off.
0: Right. And the only thing I could imagine is him being married to a character that was essentially himself in a wig, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like a real Mrs. Potato Head situation,
1: which isn't really hard to imagine. Yeah, or when you pi- when you picture Bobby and his kind of almost <laughs> androgynous yeah. hatefulness.
0: Yeah, he's got he's he's got uh, he kind of looks like your worst aunt.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, I said before, he's got a bit of a grandmotherly countenance to him
0: yeah he kind of looks like Nana Nicolosi yeah you know what maybe maybe the Bobby Heenan character was actually was actually in a committed long-term relationship with Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> hmm. food for thought
1: not thought food that I care to eat <laughs> but thank you <laughs> Could see it now that you mention it. I could see that. Oh. Well, they go way back, you know. Yeah, they're on the road a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it gets lonely. God, I don't want to do this.
0: <laughs> oh, but you're fine with three feet of horse cock in Vince McMahon's ass.
1: I wasn't fine with it. It just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Much like Gorilla might
0: say when Bobby slips into his hotel room in the dark. <laughs> All I want now is this sort of Brokeback Mountain-esque <laughs> <laughs> about the the forbidden love affair between Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. <laughs> oh, God. It's
1: just... Oh, God. <laughs>
2: so
1: oily (laughs) oh you know Bobby's really fussy too (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna use all your teeth can't wait till you're 70 maybe this will be a little bit better (laughs) are you you sure they haven't been repossessed
0: that's exactly that is exactly on brand for Bobby Heenan getting an awkward blowjob from his like Long time best friend and colleague, and complaining about too much teeth.
1: The whole time. The
0: whole time.
1: Gorilla Monsoon just like, You're a diseased person. What's wrong with you, Bobby? You should really get help around a mouthful of Bobby. <laughs> Why? Why did it have to go here at the end? We were so close to wrapping up. <laughs>
2: Deb, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I didn't want any of this. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, well, as they say in the third act of uh oh, I can't think of a good uh yeah. a good name for this. Uh, <laughs> Brookback Mountain Gorilla. <laughs> It's broke, Silverback. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a.
1: (laughs) Oh God, it's so vivid in my mind. Gorilla, you know the gorilla with his like shaded diabetes sunglasses.
0: (laughs) I know the Wilfred Brimley sunglasses. They wait, You know, uh, sun comes through the Venetian blinds in the morning. They wake up, and Gorilla just wants to cuddle, and Bobby's like, I'm going to the lobby. I don't want to wait until all the good bagels are gone.
1: <laughs> oh, why do you like that? Are you gay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gorilla. And Gorilla, of course, is like the... Because Gorilla's like... You know he's attached. Like this is yes. he. He fusses over Bobby. Like is your suitcase packed? Is your stuff ironed? Do you need me to bedazzle your blazer for tomorrow?
0: He he opens up to make sure Bobby's packed his uh like his pill organizer and fi- <laughs> and finds that Bobby's stolen a bunch of toilet paper from the Motel Six.
1: <laughs> Diseased.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Bobby. Uh. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Would you stop?
1: <laughs> uh. I hate this. I hate that we're here.
0: Finally, they. Uh, with this. You know, they're. You know, rumors are starting to swirl. They're forced to uh to part ways, and a single tear rolls down Gorilla's face as he says. It's a miscarriage of justice. <laughs> oh boy. Who'd you, who would you Well
1: Gorilla, I left you a letter on the nightstand. <laughs> They're humanoid.
0: And the, the letter says, you owe me ten dollars for gas. <laughs> Who who would you cast to play Bobby Heenan in a in a Bobby Heenan movie? It, not necessarily this this fraught love affair movie.
1: <laughs> Thanks for not forcing me to do that. Um, who would play? Who would play Bobby? What what age?
0: Oh, like I, it would have to be Bobby like, in his glory, like his sort of like, mid eighties Bobby,
1: Quaker Oats era Bobby. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm not really like super well versed on uh, on who's who. Do they even do they cast people like that anymore? I'm like Right <laughs> Like Owen Wilson? I don't know. Who do they <laughs> Who do they cast in roles like that though? I
0: don't know. Owen Wilson I don't think has I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna Google Chubby White Actor. Jackie. And, uh, let's see. Here we go. Oh, yeah, the King of Queens guy.
0: Kevin James?
1: Uh, Who's hmm. this? This is Steve Ballmer. Who? Dick Cheney? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> Dick Cheney? <Yeah. laughs> Dick Most Ch- successful obese Americans. That's what article I'm in. <laughs> On Ranker.
0: <laughs> maybe, uh...
1: Oh, James Corden.
0: James Corden?
1: Hmm. I could see that. Maybe.
0: Patton Oswalt, maybe? You think he could?
1: Oh, my God, yes. I mean,
0: he could. He, he. I think he could. I think he, could, he would have an interesting take on it. I
1: could absolutely see Patton Oswalt ruling at that. Maybe even Oliver Platt. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> maybe like a maybe like a CGI'd Robert De Niro. That's really popular these days. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Fuck it. Robert De Niro as Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the fucking shades on him and Patton Oswalt as Bobby Heenan.
1: I would watch that. <laughs> I would show up for that.
0: <laughs> it's an Oscar Bait movie.
2: <laughs> Dick Cheney what the fuck
0: Dick Cheney he's getting into well you know George Bush is getting into painting and yeah. uh and Dick Cheney <laughs> is dipping well, you his toe what? into in, the acting world
1: in, in spirit honestly you could do a lot worse that's true just in sheer hatefulness
0: <laughs> in sheer hatefulness but Bobby Heenan always seemed to take real joy in his hatefulness yes which is makes all the difference
1: well, it kept him alive. I mean, he fought—he fought cancer for fifteen years.
0: I know, and that's that's like the sad end of the Bobby Heenan story is that out he, of
1: sheer sure spite.
0: Yeah, and to the he couldn't insult people verbally anymore. So, all the photos of like of Bobby Heenan in the last like ten years of his life is just him flipping off the camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because. That's his. That's his immutable spirit. Yep, Ah. to the very end. To the very end. (laughs) What a guy! Bobby Heenan arrives at the pearly gates, looks around, and says, "Jesus Christ, you could pick up the place a little bit." (laughs) (laughs) What is this? The waiting room? Bobby Heenan is the kind of guy who would big league God.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> He'd be like, "I could really put something together here." Yeah, now this
0: place got potential. He hands God a uh, a business card, asks him if he's interested in representation.
1: Well, you have to assume Andre was already there.
0: Yes, Andre. Uh, <laughs> Andre was already there. Absolutely.
1: So he's like, all right. Now we got a show.
0: Imagine Bobby Heenan's imagine Bobby Heenan dies, pulls some strings on the other side and arranges for Hulk Hogan's sex tape to be released.
1: <laughs> it sounds like something he would do. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Have oh. you done have you really? Do, have you done an episode on just Hulk yet? On just the vagaries of no
2: Hulk Hogan? Because I feel
1: like we probably have more to say. Oh, on the together su- on that the, one subject.
0: On the topic of Hulk, oh, absolutely! Yes. Listen, I want to do an episode about no holds barred. Oh yeah the the Hulk Hogan movie where Hulk Hogan plays Hulk Hogan. Mm, what's that smell, <laughs> Dookie! Dookie. <laughs> dookie <laughs> That's a that's a movie where Hulk Hogan doesn't he uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. Hulk Hogan doesn't play himself. He plays a character named Rip. <laughs> who's essentially Hulk Hogan except he wears white tights instead of yellow tights. Right. palette swap. Yeah, he's he's the fucking Ken to Hulk Hogan's Ryu and uh, <laughs> and it also has uh, one of my favorite character actors of all time, uh, Kurt Fuller, who is just a delight. And this is the sort of thing that that you would make fun of me for for saying something like Kurt Fuller is a delight. <laughs> I think all the time about that uh, the time I I posted a, a you know I made a Facebook post that said Dule Hill deserves an Emmy for Psych, and you're like, why are you like this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I think your your parody version was, I want Steven Weber to eat cream cheese off my undercarriage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which then segued into how great Steven Weber is. Yeah, Steven Weber's... Unironically. A, he's, a, he's a talented comic performer. <laughs> Lather up. <Okay. laughs> Kurt Fuller. Most people don't even know Kurt Fuller by name. I know! Like the you know the bald sunken-eyed haunted-looking dude, <laughs> a delight.
0: Yeah, remember, <laughs> remember him? He was in uh, he was in Wayne's World. <laughs> right. No, not that guy.
1: Ghostbusters two. <laughs> Who could forget?
0: Kurt Fuller also in Psych.
1: Yeah. We're just doing an episode on Kurt Fuller. Yeah. You
0: know? Anyway, this is another episode of the <laughs> Kurt Fuller podcast. <laughs>
1: We'll do, fuck it, we'll do it live. Let's go.
0: <laughs> you know, Kurt Fuller would also be a pretty good uh, gorilla monsoon, I feel like.
1: Yeah, actually.
0: He's got you it. He's got he's got the hairline, you know, the <clears> glass he's got the height for one thing, because Gorilla Monsoon was like nine feet tall.
1: Well yeah, and he had I mean, he was aptly named. He had this big kind of hulking, stooped sort of body and Kind of a quiet menace about him.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a like a sort of mob enforcer, but like a retired one.
1: Yeah, he's like, I could throw you across the room. I'm not going to. Yeah, because Just so that we're clear. Because but I, I could.
0: Because I've already changed into my sweatpants. But if I was <laughs> right. still wearing my buckled my buckled pants, you'd be in trouble, Mister. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon is such a wild character because he started out, as the name implies, he was like one of these savage characters. And he was supposed to be from Mongolia. Right. And then at some point they were just like, no, he's just an Italian grandpa.
1: (laughs) Just pivot on that. That's fine.
0: Oh boy. Uh, This has been another episode of the Kurt Fuller cast.
1: Yes, thank you for tuning in. I'm Jinx. My parents had nine months to think of something and couldn't think of anything better than Jinx Strange.
0: (laughs) He's a fireman. I don't think he's a fireman. I think he's the spotted dog that rides on the truck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, is he going to rescue him to death? (laughs) He's a fireman?
0: (laughs) Oh my god.
1: As much verbal athleticism as anything happening in the ring. I know that was that was impre- That was amazing. That should be uh, hung in the Met behind fucking pe- plexiglass.
0: Yes, he's like this is. A, I can't believe I, I didn't I didn't make this connection before. But he's like the most mystery science theater part of wrestling.
1: Oh my god, you're right <laughs>
0: because he's just like. He just lifts the curtain and he's like, "Hey, you're an idiot for taking this seriously." But then he backs up a little bit. But right, but then dra- watches the show. Yeah, but in that in that heart match, he's essentially riffing.
1: Yeah, nonstop.
0: Well, I guess I guess that's why Bobby Heenan is our is our grandpa and the Mads <laughs> are our parents, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> it, that makes a lot of sense. I I had never made that connection either, but that is really what Bobby did if you put Mike Nelson in that commentary seat
2: yes (laughs)
1: how different would it really be
0: right Mike Nelson has the same sort of inoffensive Midwestern energy as Ray Combs I think yeah water gives him strength (laughs) 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 oh god this has been another episode of I hate wrestling I want to thank my guest Jinx strange
1: Anytime. Thank you so much for oh, having me. This is always, this is always a really good time. We always end up somewhere. I really don't want to go. <laughs> and I'm always really sorry to your mom, Deb <laughs> for the horrible things I say that are in no way my fault. It's all Matt.
0: <laughs> Broke back mountain gorilla. Anyway, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I want to thank the Novas for the use of my theme song, "The Crusher." I want to thank Corinne Dodon for designing my logo. I want to remind you to like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, iTunes doesn't exist. What is it? Apple Podcasts now? Who knows? Um, if you haven't found the show by now, you're not going to find it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and visit me on my website if I've uh, if I've. Managed to to pony up the uh the cash to uh to buy the domain for another year um jinx do you have anything to plug
2: <laughs>
1: your dick's inside out and your face is on backwards
0: <laughs> you've de-gloved your penis
1: <laughs> yes no i don't have anything to plug um i'm just here for a good time matt doesn't pay me at all so you can paypal me directly at uh jinx strange at gmail.com um
2: <laughs>
1: i will use that money to buy drugs and alcohol and i hope you all have a great night
0: <laughs> <laughs> jinx you know how we end the show
1: oh do i have to come up with a wrestler again
0: you do you have to come up with a wrestler
1: okay um so we've already done. <laughs> we've already done the Golden Boy.
0: We've done the Golden Boy, and we've done Mister Breathplay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <clears throat> mm. All right, let, me, uh, let what, what, me think
1: here.
0: Why don't you tell me who manages the tag team of the Golden Boy and Mister Breathplay? <laughs>
1: okay. Um. Oh, you know who I would love to see in the ring? Who's that? Actually, um, maybe not in a managerial, maybe in a managerial role, but a a favorite character uh, that we have riffed on, um, apart from each other, but I really see translating well to the ring, would be Strong John Panties. Yeah! (laughs) Strong John Panties is kind of an ultimate warrior type guy, just a big, beefy technically, you know, just strong, powerful dude, and his really sole drive in the world is to steal his opponent's <laughs> tights or briefs and put them on. So when he's been, so there's just a bare-ass guy in the ring crawling away with a bare thread of dignity, and strong John Panney's wriggling into his his tights, and you know he's had a really good season. If he comes out and he's wearing like 18 pairs of trunks, like, uh, like Joey, like Joey,
2: would <laughs>
0: wore all of Chandler's shirts at the same time, yes.
1: just 87 pairs of like progressively larger and larger.
0: Well, he's trunks
1: his until he's just wearing like these Andre-sized, <laughs> <laughs> uh. like a like a giant diaper. <laughs> And his whole thing, Strong John Panties, is just to get them panties. Just go in there. The guy with the better, most bedazzled tights is who he's going after first.
0: Oh, my God. Strong John Panties is a character that we came up with as a Dungeons & Dragons character. Initially. (laughs) Based on a piece of artwork that we saw that was like, he was like a barbarian just wearing, like, tiny little bikini briefs. (laughs) And he just decided that what if what if panties were his sole motivation?
1: <laughs> Doesn't want any treasure. No. No magic swords. Right. But he is kind of an unstoppable force. But yeah. just for this one reason.
0: Right. Absolutely. You can. He's great to have on your side as long as your mission also involves the acquisition of panties. Because if. That's not your goal. He is gonna wander off and lose interest fast.
1: Yep, and it doesn't really matter. It could be elves. It could be a mind flare. It could be townspeople.
0: Yep, and I and we can't stress this enough. Nothing sexual about it, and that's somehow worse.
1: Yeah, there's nothing sexual about it. It's not a thing. And why would you even bring that up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just interested.
1: What, I'm not allowed to have a
0: hobby? <laughs> <Brian>. <laughs> He's really combative about it. Of course. It's like, I don't know, it seems like you have an underwear thing. You're the one who keeps bring bringing it up. You're
1: the one bringing
0: it up. Meanwhile, it's the only part, it's the only component of his personality.
1: Yeah, just the only component,
0: Yeah, <laughs> They're just like, you're just standing next to him in the break room or the locker room or whatever, and he's wearing 37 pairs of panties. You're like, so, uh, so, John, what's, uh, is that a new pair of panties? <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> what is I, it with you? Yeah, again
0: with the panties?
1: <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with panties? Are you, are you wearing...
0: What are you, some kind of weird panty boy, huh? Wearing panties under your clothes like a freak? Can I I, I see? Come back. Come back here. Strong
1: John. Strong John
2: panties.
1: (laughs) Oh, Another day, another podcast, with Matt.
0: Another panty.
1: Another panty. Another panty on the pile.
0: Oh, fuck me.
1: Gingerly mending them by the campfire light. <laughs> the <big> battle.
2: Fuck! <laughs> College.
1: Tip of his tongue wedged between his teeth, (laughs) carefully
0: stitching the lace. Little half glasses on the bridge of his nose.
1: (laughs) Kind of thimble.
0: (laughs) God damn it. I had a whole other bit that I was gonna do for the intro of the show, uh, and it was about how it would be funny if the guy from Mario Speedwagon was named Mario Speedwagon. But that's really nothing, huh? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, we can skip that. Probably that's fine.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Lynn, Lynn, can you cut out? Can you cut out the Mario Speedwagon stuff? This is the other bit that I have, where I have uh, you know an assistant named. It's nothing. This is oh. all trash. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that's good.